Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. Welcome, everyone, to the Recession-Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. We're doing an episode with Jason Allen. He's one of our preferred lenders here in Utah. Um, does a ton of business, has some really good insights, really nice guy as well. And, and I know a lot of our clients enjoy working with you, Jason. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here and an honor. I'm grateful to get to be on the, the big show. The big show. I don't know if it's big, but it's a show. <laughs> and uh we've had some pretty cool people on here. We we try to educate our listeners. You know, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are investors. So we'll keep this investment minded. But um, man, the market's been crazy. I, you and I talked yesterday. You have some good insights, some good thoughts. Um, there's a lot of realtors not doing a lot of business right now. There's still business to be had, and there's also some really good thoughts that we can share about buying now, refining later, if that's a good idea, where interest rates are going, um, some different things. And as an investor, you know, should I buy now? Should I wait for the market to improve? Um, if rates do go down, how is that going to affect our market? And so one th- one stat I wanted to start with is uh, I, I read that Utah, as far as the real estate market, is one of the top three affected markets this year. and um, I'm interested to see how that pans out. So I can't wait to see fourth quarter numbers and where prices have gone, sales have gone. I do know days on market has gone way up. Um, so the market has slowed substantially. Um, but you know, if I'm a buyer, I'm still looking to buy because I want to I want to buy before prices keep going up in the next few years. I don't want I want to lock in that price. And so talk to me about your theory behind should I buy now and refi later when rates come down? Or should I wait? Well, um, I think there are three rules when it comes to real estate. Rule number one being location, 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 right? And then the next rule is um, the best time to buy is five years ago. And then, you know, the, the, the third rule is to buy low and sell high. (laughs) So that right there, that number three is, is my, uh, is my expertise when it comes to, you know, making money in investments. That's, that's about as much as I know. And I, so I I like to rely on experts like you to help me with that. But, uh, you know, I saw an article uh, just this morning that came out from the National Association of Realtors that said that, you know, we have probably seen the bottom of the real estate market because, you know we've had we've had some sellers get uh, an attitude adjustment with regard to pricing but we're still seeing some pretty strong prices and a pretty strong market especially in Utah so when you have again in that same article from the National Association of Realtors we we still kind of have a shortage of listings available and we yep. still have tons of people that want to buy. It's just a matter of affordability due to the interest rates. So if we have kind of seen inflation roll over and um, uh, the next step that we see the Fed do after an appropriate amount of time has gone by, which is usually a couple of quarters, is, um, is for them to start slashing rates. And so that sounds like a really strong word, slashing rates, but I feel like it's, you know, a lot of the experts, at least that I'm listening to, um, they're thinking that interest rates are probably going to be low at the end of 20, lower at the end of 2023 or the beginning of 2024. So if you're a buyer and you don't want to be beat up, like everybody was uh, beat up in 2021 that was looking to buy, you know. If we're if we're if we've seen if we've seen the dip and the next thing that we're going to see is a bounce in in the market and the price over the next six eight months twelve months, man. If you can get yourself in a position to purchase, 
uh, and get some assistance from a seller to help it make it help it more make it more affordable for you. What does that mean? Well, we we've seen now. When I say stuff like this, there are going to be people out there that are thinking about selling that say, I wish you guys would really stop saying that. But <laughs> for a seller, it makes more sense for a seller to give a $25,000 concession to a buyer to buy their rates down, to pay their closing costs instead of lowering their price by 50 or 75,000. You'll end up netting more money. If you give a $25,000, and I'm not saying everybody needs to do $25,000. I'm just using that as an extreme example. But if you give a, if you give a concession for, you know, up to 25 or whatever that number is, doesn't that make more sense as a seller so that you net more and at the same time make it more affordable for a buyer to purchase your home? So let me so, just recap that. So, and I think that's great advice. Um, if you have your house for sale, your goal is to sell for the most money possible. So let's figure out how to do that. If you're buying, you want to buy and have it be as affordable as possible. So the way we meet in the middle is instead of dropping the price as a seller, offering a concession in the form of what a, a rate buy down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so exactly. if I can help my buyer get in and because and, and let's do the math. If I drop the price, let's say on a five hundred thousand dollar house. I'm not selling. I dropped the price by seventy-five thousand dollars because five of my neighbors just sold for four twenty-five. Well, that's that's a lot of money, um, and that equates to you know plus or minus Jason on a payment for a for a guy someone putting down twenty percent. How much would that affect their payment? Uh, a couple the, hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So instead, if I can maybe spend that tw- maybe spend twenty-five thousand dollars. So now I'm selling for 475 ish or equate that would equate to that helping this buyer buy down their rate and and really have that same effect on their payment you're buying right. down their rate and their payment is now because that's what it's about for these buyers is not so much the price it's it's the payment they can't afford these houses right now yeah you know I've been I this is my 2023 will be my 31st year in this industry and I've seen a lot of cycles and I've seen repeat themselves and I've seen history repeat itself. And so one thing that, that I think is a constant, not only in my own, my own personal database of prospects and clients, but just nationally, um, you could Google this. The American, average American in the United States will do something different with their mortgage every 3.98 years. So every four years, I think that's close enough to four years that we could just round up to four years. So every four years, they're going to do something different with their mortgage because people are getting married. People are having babies. Those babies grow up and move out. People get divorced. Unfortunately, people pass away. People get transferred. They get a job transfer or rates are lower. And so people will refinance and get a lower payment. So whether a seller is helping a, a, a buyer lower their rate and make the home more affordable with a permanent buy down or a 2-1 buy down or a 3-2-1 buy down, which is essentially just prepaying interest for the buyer so that they have a more affordable payment. We know that probably in 3.98 years, and it may be sooner, more maybe more like at some point in 2024, we're going to see people be able to to refinance and lower their monthly payment. Uh, and depending on the transaction size, I mean, if you're talking less than an $800,000 transaction, you know, that could be anywhere from $300 to $600 a month in monthly savings by refinancing to a lower fixed rate. So, man, uh, not, not to uh, pretend that I know more than you do, but man, I think if you can leverage credit and get into a home sooner rather than later, because the best time to buy is always five years ago, which means the best time to buy is now, then when um, you start building wealth by just living in, in the, the, your home, then when rates go down, then you've got two birds with one stone, right? You got a more affordable payment that's permanent and you've built some wealth along the way. I love it. I, I think that's genius. And And so for our and, and, you know, I have a listing right now that's not selling and I've really urged my seller, you know, hey, let's offer a rate bite down. So he's, he offered $1,500. I'm like, well, 
<laughs> That'll help a little. So maybe to, to help educate these, these sellers and buyers, I know you can't quote numbers, but you know, let's say I'm a seller on, on a half million dollar house and I offer 5,000 more or less for a well-qualified buyer. What do you think that equates to for a rate buy down and, and a monthly payment? How much does that help? Well, your rate, your the five thousand is essentially one point. Man, I could really get into the weeds with this explanation, but I'll try to keep it as short and concise it's as super, I possibly fourth can. Fourth grade level, Jason. Fourth grade level. <laughs> the mistake that a lot of people make is that they think that if they pay one point in discount to get a lower rate, that that's going to equal one percent lower in interest rate. And that's not really how a rate buy-down works. Usually 1% in, in buy-down is going to equate to maybe a quarter of a percent or so in the actual rate being lower. So if the rate started off at 6 and someone paid a point, well, your new rate is probably going to be somewhere around 5.75 or 5.625. It's not one point for a one point. So um, although that that is helpful, um, you know, usually I'm seeing the, the biggest change in interest rate if uh, someone's willing to pay about two points to get a lower rate. The thing that I like about these 2-1 buy-downs, and, and these have been around forever. I, I, I know when rates started going up, I kind of chuckled to myself as I'm watching everybody on social media talk about this brand new thing called a 2-1 buy-down or a 3-2-1 buy-down, which has essentially been around for, I mean, forever. Um, the cool thing about these buy downs though, is if your interest rate is, is 6% and you, you and your seller or the, the seller can buy the rate down with this two, one buy down product, the interest rate may be six to start with, but with the buy down, it's going to drop all the way down to four. And then at the end of that first year, it's going to go to 5%. It'll stay fixed there for 12 months. And then it's going to go to 6%. And that's where it's going to stay for the remaining 28 years of the mortgage. And this the same concept with a 3-2-1 buy-down. It just starts off a little bit lower. But the, the great thing about that is if a seller pays all that kind of money for you, that money just basically sits in an escrow account waiting to be used. Well, if in 2024 we refinance your home, that money that the seller paid for you that's sitting in that escrow account for the 2-1 the buy-down or the 3-2-1 buy-down, guess what happens to that money when we pay off that mortgage? It goes to the buyer. It goes to the homeowner. So, uh, I mean, if you can figure out a way as a home buyer to buy something now, and I, I, I sound like a broken record when I say this, and start building wealth sooner than later, you know... It, there's so many details that if you can just get a hold of a good loan officer or a good real estate agent to help you understand why it's best to, to do it now than later, uh, it's just it's really going to help a ton. Yeah, I think that's great. And you know, for for another example, let's say we've got a jumbo loan at seven fifty. I mean, are there are there buy downs that affect the full life of the mortgage? Yeah, the permanent buy down is what you're going to get on a on a uh, jumbo loan. Okay. So, uh, so just give an example. Over... I've I've got a client looking for something at seven fifty right now, and that's the price. Say, that's the price seven hundred fifty thousand okay. dollars. And we've got let's say we've got this seller that says, you know, um, I think twenty five thousand would would be fine to help you buy that rate down. How does that help them on on a permanent basis? Because let's just say they they don't like two one idea three three two idea. They want. 30 years, life of the mortgage? Well, um, we need to make the purchase price a little bit higher because you can get a buy down on a loan amount of 722, 700. I can't remember exactly what the, the, the conventional maximum loan amount just went up. So we need to make oh, that right. purchase that's price right. a little bit higher. <laughs> let's say, let's say 800 then. Yeah, we got it. We, yeah, there you go. It's just as, just as soon as we, we explain the, this, a concept on a $750,000 loan, somebody's going to comment that uh, you guys don't, you know, that the maximum loan amount went up. So you should have done it on a higher price. It did. It so did. That's right. Whatever, whatever that loan amount ends up being over the conforming maximum. So let's say it's set, the loan amount is 750. Um, you know, 
again, uh, 1% of 750,000 is going to be $7,500. And so if you had, you know, two points to buy that rate down a half a point or more, well, that's $15,000 that the seller would spend to help the buyer save, a, you know, three, $400 a month. That, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And it would be permanent. That's the permanent buy down. So it's going to be from the first payment all the way to the 360th payment. But if you were paying attention at the beginning of this broadcast or this video, it's probably going to be less than four years that you refinance that property anyway. Yeah. And that's why you're getting at a, you know, a, a two one or is it called a three two one and a two one? You have a two one. Well, you have a permanent buy down, a two one buy down, and a three two one buy down. Right, right. Got it. So that's a certain rate for the first year, certain certain rate for the second year, and then it levels off at at normal rates for a two one. For a three two one, it's first, second year, third year, and then normal rates. And then yeah. you got permanent. So, you know, I, I <clears throat> we do something similar when we buy multifamily, Jason. Um, We've done, you know, different rate locks and and different things. We've done. Um, we've always looked for mortgages where we have interest only payments because we're building so much wealth with the, these multifamily properties that we don't need to pay down the principal. So, for instance, our Desert Peaks El Paso property, 160 doors, bought it for almost 11 million dollars. We're doing interest only for ele- uh, seven of the 10 years. And the bank was really excited to get that property because it cash flows. It's affordable, semi-affordable housing. And and I love that, you know, and and so I don't feel like there's a lot of risk. And what I always like to bring in these conversations are what are what are the risks to these buyers? Or for instance, my investors, when we do an interest-only loan, well, you know, if you have to sell in, in the next year, um, what is the risk there? Well, the risk for us is we haven't paid down any of the principal. Um, the risk paying a higher price, but doing the rate buy down is, well, you've bought at a little bit higher price. And if you have to sell in the next year, that could put you in a tight situation. So um, maybe uh, focus more on price than rate if you think you're going to move in the next year or the next two years. And because it's all about your purchase price, then if you're going to stay longer than you know two years or so, depending on this market, you can be a little bit more rate uh, oriented is is my my advice but you know don't don't uh don't focus on the rate if you're just going to sell in a year i would say that would be a poor uh poor approach i think dave ramsey's been listening to you give advice because that's the same thing that he says is don't focus <laughs> on the rate just get the property there you know there are two there are two um, objections that people like to, to talk about. I shouldn't say objections, but concerns that people like to talk about when it comes to buying now versus later. And that is, what if rates never come down? Mm-hmm. Well, at the risk of sounding like, uh, you know, one of these guys that's been was doing business in the late 70s and early 80s, when I got into this business, um, I was refinancing people out of 10% interest rate loans down into 8% loans and they felt like they were stealing the money at 8%. Now, there are going to be a bunch of people in the comments say, "Well, I remember when rates were 16 and 17%." Well, okay, great. But let's just let's just keep it more relevant and and more current, right? So, my point is that if your concern is that rates never come down and rates go to 7.5, 8% and you're stuck with a 6 or 6.5% rate, Whoa, woe is me. You still got a great rate. The other thing I like to talk about too is when it comes to, you know, like home prices and that sort of thing. And when people think that there's going to be a crash and what if home prices come down? This is just like 2006, seven and eight and, and all that. You know, one of the biggest differences that uh, I don't know if you know who Barry Habib is. He pointed out that I was like, you know what? That kind of blows my mind is the statistic that said back in 2008, the vacancy rate of the homes that were for sale back in 2008 when the when the collapse happened was four times higher than what the vacancy rate is now so for instance in 2008 yep. for every four houses that were on the market only one of them was occupied the other 3 yep. were vacant today our vacancy rate is so low that 
So 2008, if somebody couldn't sell that property, it would they couldn't make the payment, it would go into foreclosure. And that's how you had that cascading collapse. In 2022 and 2023, you have way more homes that are on the market that are occupied. If that homeowner can't sell, well, they're just going to stay in the home and continue making an affordable rate that we have vetted and fully confirmed they can continue to make the payment. So if any if anyone is thinking that prices are going to, you know, be similar to uh to what happened in 2008, I think you're going to be waiting for a unicorn, uh mm-hmm. especially when we see, you know, inflation starting to to roll over when we see when we hear experts say that, you know, we're at the bottom of home prices now, so now you can expect to see the bump when rates go down. We were talking about this yesterday. Um, and we start having people come out of the woodwork again who were renting and start buying again, it's not going to be pretty for these buyers um, or as pretty as it has been in 2022 and as it will be in the beginning of 2023 because they just won't get the concession and and they're going to get beat up again by the sellers like they had been in 2021. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the the risk you you have by waiting is, and, and I'll tell this story it was the classic, should I wait? And no, you shouldn't conversation. Um, it's about five years ago, actually. And this this couple I was working with really were uh, bummed. Rates had spiked. I think I want to say it was like 2016. Maybe it was 2014. That's maybe a long time ago. You know, we're talking seven, eight years. But mm-hmm. I, I remember one of those years, rates did spike just by a little bit. And the, the housing market here in Utah slowed. And and they wanted a deal. And they said, you know, we're going to wait six months and we're going to wait for this market to come down. And I had shown them a home for, it was like 380000 really nice ivory home in Lehigh. Um, they waited. We started looking again seven, eight months later, and they ended up paying almost 500000 for the same home. Um, by the time they had written offers, it had been a full year. So a full year went by and those home prices just went through the roof. It was like a 20% appreciation in one year. Maybe it was closer to 450 range. But I remember distinctly, they instead of getting a deal, they ended up, it was somewhere around $75,000 difference in price that that they paid. And they they volunteered it. I didn't have to say, I told you so. They said, yeah, we should have listened to you. We should have bought when we could get a good price. But they wanted rates to come down. They wanted things to go down even further. And, and you know, so... We're always looking. So as far as our multifamily goes, if if we can get a good deal now, we're we're not waiting for rates to come down. If it works now, we're buying it. You know, we're we're looking at multiple multi multi uh, you know a couple hundred unit properties right now, and it's hard to find a good deal. But but we're still looking. We're still buying right now. And so um, I, I like what you said. The best time to buy was five years ago. So. But let's just let's just play this out for a minute, Jason. So let's say right now we're kind of at the bottom. The housing market really slowed down. Let's say we've got a couple more months of really slow housing market. People are looking to buy. Um, let's say we're wrong. Let's let's say it, it stays slow for another six months. Well, then the feds are really worried because that affects the entire country. The housing market affects the entire economy by a huge way, in a huge way. So let's, let's say they do cut rates in in six months. That's going to really change the buyer sentiment because right now what's affecting this is buyer sentiment. I don't want to buy and pay those rates. It's not that there's a surplus of demand like there was in 2008. That's a or surplus of supply. It's a really good point you, you brought up. There's not this um, huge, huge amount of homes available. There's not a bubble like there was. And we're seeing that in our properties. We're still at three, four, five percent vacancy. So we're not booming, you know, and having this massive amount of vacancy in single family or multifamily. So that tells me this is mostly just buyer sentiment and affordability. And buyers not wanting to, instead of buy the seven hundred thousand dollar house, they don't really want to buy the six five hundred thousand dollar house. Um, but when rates drop a little bit that's going to get the buyers out of the woodwork. They're going to come out of the woodwork and the mar- the prices will follow. The prices will follow and go back up. And so I just don't see- think we're going to see a huge drop. I really don't. And and I I was hoping we would, you know, for my sake as a, an investor and a buyer, I was hoping we'd see a really big drop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I've, I, we get the question all the time, should I wait? And, you know, maybe wait a, a month or two more, but 
soon as soon as rates go down, as soon as the buyers start coming out of the woodwork, it's going to be back to multiple offers and it's going to be tough. You know, right now yeah. as a buyer, it's really easy to get a deal. Yeah. It is the best buyer's market we've seen in the last 10 years. Yes. So why not take advantage of that instead of, you know, and, and there's a very stark difference in the way I'm writing offers right now for my buyers. I don't know how you're advising people, but we're asking for massive concessions and it's easy. You know, they have one offer that who are they going to, you know, people aren't bidding up prices. And so you're able to negotiate with the seller. It's not as stressful as a buyer. So if I'm a buyer, I'm buying right now. This is a wonderful market to be a buyer in. And there's still plenty of options out there. And so I just, I just don't see a better time to buy than now. Um, and I don't see it getting much better, especially if rates come down, then, then we're just going straight back to a seller's market. You, you said a couple things there that made two points come to my mind. Um, uh, number one is that when rates started going up, really started going up and people really started falling out of the, the buying pool in 2022 was uh, April and May of 2022. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to buy a house and you couldn't afford it anymore and you had to continue to rent, you signed a one-year lease. All of these leases Mm -hmm. are going to be expiring in April and May of 2023. Yep. You know, so that is going to be, that is going to be crazy, um, especially if rates continue to stay, you know, right now they're between 5.8 and and six and a half, depending on the day. There's still a little bit of volatility, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, these guys that are in these one-year leases um, and they start to expire and they start to see more houses come on the market, hopefully uh, (laughs) in March, which is typically when the spring listing spike happens um the people that that were looking for the perfect deal they may be a little bit sad because they waited until some leases expired and now they've got more competition as a buyer yep yep no i'm I, in the next if i'm looking to buy a house the next few months are are the best time to buy in in my opinion and and rates will come back down you know um the the country can't handle uh, another recession and guess what there's an election year coming up and <laughs> yeah. that will affect things by quite yeah. a bit that, that definitely will affect things by quite a bit For sure um so jason you know a, a lot of my investors are are also realtors and so we're talking a lot to buyers and sellers right now giving them i think great advice um, you know, we've raised just over $50 million in the last couple of years. And I would say 90% of that is from realtors, top producing realtors across the country. And I really like something you said, and, and I really want my employees to listen to this, my partners, my investors, and, and friends who are, who are working to um, still make money in this market, because it is a lot slower. There's people kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, when COVID started, I, I started calling and I was doing podcast episodes and calling my investors and friends and said, I was saying, what are you doing? What are you doing to not let COVID shut down, uh, drastically reduce your income for the year? And so I've been having those same conversations with people this year. You know, What are you doing to have the market that completely flip-flopped from a seller's market, multiple offers on all your listings to maybe one offer on your listing and and um, your sellers aren't quite as happy or d- maybe they're deciding not to sell. So so what are you doing? And you brought this up yesterday. Um, do exactly what you've been doing to produce, but 10 exit. So t- yeah. tell me about your thoughts there. Yeah. You know, um, in 2019, I, I have a team of loan officers uh, here with me at Network Funding that um, uh, that work with me. And you know, whenever we would have a sales meeting, I would always say, you know, as the summer, as fall was coming around, I would say everything that you're doing right now to, to get business and to stay connected with your referral partners and, and, uh, your, your sphere of influence, everything that you're doing right now, the closer we get to October, you need to double every effort that you're doing. And that was in that, but that was in 2019, which was kind of before 
before we got to where we are right now. Um, And so now I feel like that with rates being higher, and by the way, that was back when rates were like 5% in 2019. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like rates were super amazing back then. They were still near where they are now. Right. And I would say, I would say, yeah, double your efforts, man. Talk to twice as many people. Ten, it's today with rates being where they are, it's you gotta be, it's gotta be 10 times what you were doing before, 20 times what you're doing before. Yep. And as a salesperson, the great thing about that is all that means is we just have more conversations. It's not like we got to go out there and manufacture manufacture something out of thin air it's just a matter of conversations with uh, and building relationships and and helping our realtor partners or our builder partners our financial advisors our CPAs all these people that have these huge spheres of influence it's just a matter of 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 being a true business partner with them and and helping them build their business too and then by um just organic effort, you'll you'll see your business grow as well. So it's yeah, ten times, yeah. twenty times. Uh, it's got it's just got to be more. And and for guys like us, it's just just means more conversations. It doesn't mean we've got to have a magic wand. Yeah, and you know you have to go to work, and and you have to, you know, I, I think we talked about ninety percent right now. There's the eighty twenty rule, eighty twenty or twenty percent of the. Realtors do 80% of the business, but really it's like 90-10 right now or 95-5. Um, some people sure. panic and they get really bummed out. And so my purpose of interviewing people during COVID and then this year is has been to say, hey, be the calm in the storm for your your clients, for your team members, for your um, you know, partners in business, and double down or triple down or 10x down and and go to work, have those conversations, but also have these type of conversations providing massive value for people. You know, if a buyer has no idea about a rate buy down and how that would look, they may say, you know, I I can't buy a house right now. I can't afford that payment. I'm going to back out. And we've seen a lot of people backing out of deals, multifamily as well. You know, a huge amount of people backing out of deals right now, instead of looking for creative ways to make the deal work. And I always want to help my clients and my investors make deals work with low risk. And because like you said, you buy a deal, you buy a deal, you buy a home, you start building wealth. And that's what our goal is. So for a buyer right now, or, or for a realtor right now, if I'm, I have a lot of buyers or sellers, I'm calling them with this message. Hey, happy holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know rate buy down could, could provide massive value to buyers? Let's add that mm-hmm. to the listing. Let's talk about a rate buy down in the listing or as a buyer, don't, don't be bummed out, you know, keep looking. Did you know we can write an offer that includes a rate buy down and that would affect you by X and get some numbers from Jason and, or your lender and say, you know, that will help you by this amount. And that may push them over the edge and help them get a great deal on a property. And so, you know, providing massive value is always the goal and being the calm in the storm is always the goal. And um, having the answers, being an absolute expert in your field and, and not just um, do what everyone else is doing. You know, I mm-hmm. never want to do what everyone else is doing. And and I've been talking to my investors a lot about this. Um, Warren Buffett says, when everyone else is greedy, be scared. And so the last five years in multifamily, we've been really cautious. And uh, we just went to a conference and people were in tears, losing mm-hmm. deals to bank admitting they bought deals that were high risk that they should not have purchased. And it made me feel good about my decisions as an investor. And um, when everyone else is scared, be greedy. So if Mm -hmm. you, you know, the common buyer sentiment right now is I'm going to wait for price. Don't do what everyone else is doing. That's, that's an uneducated, poor way to make decisions. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Get educated. Talk to Jason and me or whoever your realtor and lender are and say, Hey, everyone else is scared right now. It's probably a good time to buy. How do we make this work? And yeah. so I've always tried to do the opposite of what the masses are doing. And um, Warren Buffett agrees that's the way to go. <laughs> well, I don't think there's, it's, I don't think it'd be too easy to criticize Warren Buffett's mindset. That's for sure. Yeah. He's got a little bit of success behind him. Maybe we should listen to him. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So right now um, rates, rates are, I mean, do you have an idea 
or thought process on the next three months? Let's say I've got a buyer right now who's considering buying. Do I write offers now during the holidays? Do I wait till the end of January when maybe some listings hit the market? What are you thinking, Jason, based on where you think rates are going to go? Well, we know that there's, uh, you know, they financial experts talk about the 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 likelihood, and they talk about it in a percentage that the Jerome Powell is going to um, hike rates again. So right now we're looking at probably another half a point rate hike. But then we kind of felt like the way he was talking and the other uh, uh, reserve chairmen were talking that that might kind of be it for a little bit. Then we had some numbers come out this week. um, And so they were mixed and it's kind of challenging to know for sure. And so, but what we do see is that the next, so the next, next rate hike would be like a half a point. And then maybe another one in May where it would be like only a quarter, but with the way the, the financial numbers have come in, we thought that May was going to be no hike. And now there's a little bit of a chance that, that maybe there still will be another one in May, but only a quarter. And although those are that's short-term lending. That's not long-term. It still has an effect on long-term rates. And so, um, you know, if you want to pay less in rate, if you just can't stop yourself and you're going to focus on interest rate, uh, knowing that there's going to be another half and then possibly maybe another quarter be- before the Fed starts feeling like they can just let it simmer for a minute. If there's a, if you've got a savvy real estate agent that can scour the state and find something that will fit your needs, maybe hopping in uh, and making an offer before March would be a wise thing. I agree. I agree. Because, you know, let's say the economy does take a, you know, start trending downwards. Uh, the election year comes. You know, I think there's going to be a, a, a rate drop in, in our future, not in the next six months, like we're saying, but after the next 12 months, um, I think there has to be a, I just think um, this market's going to be not good for the current administration to get reelected. And also, that's just the trend. You know, rates go up, the economy slows down, and and we try to fix things, and rates come back down. And so either way, no matter what happens, I want to get into a good investment property or a good home mm-hmm. sooner than later, because you can never outsave the market. You I I just it's proven you cannot ever outsave the market and you also you cannot can't ever predict what it's going to do. Yeah. Do so your buying principles should not change. Figure out what you want your payment to be, figure out what kind of home you want and go get it. That's what we do with our investment properties. We, our metrics do not change ever. We're always buyers. We're always looking to buy. It's just harder to find that deal right now. So like you said, get an agent that's going to scour the market for you and find you a deal. Be patient and make a good purchase. Um, anyways, that's my thought as well. I, I think hurry up and, and get something, see what happens and, and refi later. But the rate buy down is, is a game changer that it make, it kind of negates where rates are at and helps you focus on just go find the house that, that you're happy with, um, at a decent price and, and rates will take care of themselves. Cause you can always refi. You can't go rebuy a house, you know, you can't, <laughs> change the price on a house once you buy it, can't change the house once you buy it. So go find the right house at the right price and and get it done. Well, you know, um, if I can say just one more thing, I was, I did a video on my, I posted on my social media a few weeks ago, or no, maybe it was within the last week about assumptions, government loans that are assumable. And, you know, if you're a seller, and you have a, a home that you want to sell, and it has a government loan on it, FHA or VA, and you've got some equity. So you're going to have a nice, you're going to make a, a nice profit on, on selling that home, and your rate is in the threes. You should really be considering selling now, take that big chunk of change, and, and move on to the next property because. A buyer now can assume your loan. Can and buyers you, assume a VA loan if they're not a veteran? Oh, I thank you for did, did we practice this? <laughs> That's my favorite question. <laughs> the answer is if you're not a veteran, you can 
assume a VA loan. And the great thing about VA loans is that they have low rates if they've been around for the last couple of years. If the loan was taken out in 2021 or 2020, those rates are really super low. You don't have to be a veteran to assume a VA loan. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and I'll tell you why I'm asking you this in a, in a second, but walk us through that process. I just have to get qualified and and talk to the loan servicer of, of the VA loan or, or how does that work? Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I spread this news, um, as a as a loan officer, I only get paid if I originate or start a brand new loan for somebody. Right. So if you're going to assume a loan, then you're not going to you're not going to need my services, but you are going to need a savvy real estate agent, both as a buyer, uh, buyer's agent, and the listing agent needs to know what they're doing because the yes, the seller will contact their servicer, and they should do it sooner than later because the the servicer or the person that the seller makes their payment to their mortgage company they'll need to request from them a assumption packet and that can sometimes take a couple of weeks so that's why i say you should call sooner than later if your house is currently listed or if you're thinking about listing it order that right away so that if you do have a buyer come along that wants to assume that loan then you can have that ready for them and have them complete it and speed up the process not slow things down they still need to qualify. There are going to be requirements that the current mortgage company for that seller, they're still going to have some requirements that your buyer have to have to meet. And but if they do and they have the down payment, you know, because you know, I always like to say, let's say, let's say the house is listed for sale for six hundred thousand, but the the seller owes four hundred. Right. So that means the new buyer has to come up with the difference between 400,000 and 600,000. Well, if you've just sold your home and you've made a couple of hundred thousand dollars on it, you don't necessarily need to come to me and get a six or six and a half percent interest rate. You can go and assume somebody else's loan at three or two point whatever. Right. Which is awesome. Um, but what if you only, you, you don't have enough money? to make up the difference between a $600,000 and a $400,000 balance. Some of these servicers are allowing these qualified buyers to take out a second mortgage to make up that difference. Wow. I didn't know that. So you, so you don't necessarily have to have all of that, all that big down payment. Um, and if a servicer won't give, you know, won't lend that to help you get in there, that's fine too. I happen to know a loan officer that has a source for second mortgages, a standalone second mortgage to help a buyer get into that house. But if you can get it done, the fees are great. The, the process, you know, as a seller, you need to be prepared to deal with your mortgage company, maybe slowing down the process a little bit. It's not going to be something that happens in two weeks. It'll, it'll take a little bit of time. So if you can plan for 30 to 45 days, you'll be in good shape. But it's a great way for a buyer uh, who can't help themselves. It's focusing on rate, but they do have a big down payment. Why not assume someone's loan? I love that. And actually the house I'm sitting in, Jason, I'm assuming a VA loan. So <laughs> just moved in at the first of this month. I did a lease option. I'm still finalizing my divorce and still you know, have a million dollar house on my credit that she lives in. So we're working on that. I did a lease option to buy. Which, you know, so I, I'm all about creative, creative mortgages and, and options. So I gave these guys a, a sizable down payment that they've already put in the bank to buy their next house. Um, bought it for $650 or leased it. So I'm paying the mortgage right now. And we're in the middle of soon as my divorce is finalized and she's got the house in her name. Um, I can go ahead and, and assume this VA loan at 2.9%. Yep. Yeah. So, so hold on. So, so just give me an idea. What's the payment difference at 2.9 on 650 versus current rates at 650? Probably five to $700 a month. Yeah. So yeah. just a beautiful thing. So I love that you brought that up. Cause it's like, yeah, it's actually really cool. I didn't know that until I, I just started contacting houses that weren't selling. And I said, Hey, you know, I, I have a unique situation. Got to wait for this other house to to be removed from my credit, to be refied off my name. In the meantime, I need a house for me and my kids and I've got some cash and I'll do a lease option. And then 
you know, they said, well, even better, we've got an assumable, assumable VA. And I'm like, wow, the stars really aligned. Um, so I'm one minute from my kids elementary, one minute from their mom, you know, so they can ride their bikes to my house. I've got 50% custody. So it's worked out amazing. But the moral of the story, this is like the third home I've purchased with really creative financing. And, um, that's why I say as realtors, we have to help our buyers understand that you don't just have to get a conventional 6% loan or whatever Mm -hmm. rates are at. You can assume a VA, you can do a lease option to buy, you can, you know, there's lots of different ways to do things that um, help you not miss out. And this house is an amazing deal. It was not selling, was not selling, just sitting on the market. They needed to sell. To, they built a new home yeah, and it worked out great for both of us. So it's just funny that you mentioned that. I'm literally in the middle of assuming a VA loan at 2.9%. Well, th- I guess my, that's awesome. Life is good, right? My it's almost as pre- if we planned this conversation, but, <laughs> but we didn't. So that's hilarious. <laughs> well, my point with that whole thing about assumptions was was not just to talk about how easy it is for a buyer to get a rate that's you know in the threes. But if you're a seller and you don't want to sell, I mean, you don't want to list and sell right now because you're so concerned about that rate, the market rate. Mm-hmm. There are uh, options for you if if you can find a home that it will work for you and it has because your real estate agent can filter when they do their searches i want to find i want fha and va loans only right yep. Yep. and so um if you're a seller and you and you can find a house that may, that meets your needs and it's an it has an assumable loan then put your house on the market for crying out loud get that baby sold and buy your buy your next house by assuming someone else's loan and let some other family start the the next chapter in their life in your home. Absolutely. I love it. Jason, I always like to end our podcast. We probably could talk another hour about things, but um, you know, I always want to know about um, what, what is, what motivates you? Why do you do this, do what you do and any good books that you've read or, or quotes that you've seen, anything inspirational we can end with. I just uh, finished reading for the second time. Um, Great by choice which is mm. a book about companies growing the right right way. Southwest Airlines, the only airline to ever be profitable every year they've been in existence through 2010. That changed with COVID, but the only airline to ever do that. And it's because they grew responsibly and grew the right way with systems. Um, just a, an amazing book. And the reason I do this is my kids right there in the background, um, Liam and, and Heidi, um, I've got them 50% of the time. I don't use babysitters. We we hang out, we party. And so I work really, really hard the time I don't have my kids. And, and that's why I'm 10Xing my efforts all the time is to spend a lot of time with my kids, buying them a four-wheeler today for Christmas, um, walking down or heading there actually after my next meeting to go pick up their four-wheeler. That's what we do. We we ride bikes, four-wheelers. We We go fishing and hunting and and camping. And that's my why. That's why I work my butt off to provide a, a really good life for my kids and going to put them through college. And, and, um, it's fun. That's keeps me going. And, and it's when times are tougher, when the market slows down, you have to remember why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I am doing my children a huge disservice if I don't keep pushing really hard because they've got to go to college. They deserve a four wheeler for Christmas. Um, and uh, they deserve to have a hardworking dad that provides for them and and is able to give them an amazing life and also be an example of, of hard work. So that's my spiel. Um, everyone's got something different. I didn't warn you that I'd ask you this question, but just kind of curious what comes to mind. Oh, man. I, I let's just we need to block out another day at some point <laughs> in the in the next couple of months that we could we could do this again, because I could just talk to you for just hours. Well, um, you know, I, the first thing that comes to my mind with the way things have been in 2020 and 2021, um, with everybody's kind of mental, you know, their state of mind, their mental health. Uh, one of my favorite books uh, to read is, you know, no matter how bad things get, um, I cannot pronounce her last name. It's Marie Forlone. I can't. Anyway, her book is called Everything is Figureoutable. Hmm. So I would, for your mental health, I would start with that one. And nice. anybody can read that one, right? It could you could be a man, you can be a woman. It doesn't matter, you know, where you are in the spectrum. That's a great book. Everything is figureoutable. If you're in sales, 
Um, one of my favorite books, uh, I've, I've read it twice, is uh, The 10X Rule, of course, the one love that you it. were talking about earlier. I love that one. I love Start With Why uh, as a Business Person okay. by Simon Sinek. And then along um, the the same uh, line as the, um, you know, uh, Great by Choice, any of those um, books by Jim Collins are such great books. Great, I've, I've, great by choice. Yep. Yes, thank you. I, I I just love those. And then if you're having trouble figuring out as a salesperson and as a marketer, um, uh, well, this book was recommended to me by another one of my realtor friends. His name is Ben Bouchard. And it was, um, uh, let's see here, uh, uh, building a story brand. Um, that'll help oh, cool. you um, with... Um, you know, just figuring out what it is you need to be focusing on as a marketer, as a salesperson, um, as a problem solver for people. Um, yeah. So those would be those would be the things I would say. You know what? Those books right there uh, got some great takeaways for sure. Love it, love it. Have you ever read um, "How I Raised Myself from Failure to, Failure to Success in Selling"? I have not. You got to read that book. I've probably given it fifty copies out. It's the most basic, basic sales book you'll ever read. And that's what I love is getting back to the basics. You know, people get distracted with all these different business ideas. And I'm like, okay, what are the three things you can do to generate income? Go talk. How to, to raise. How I raised myself from failure to success in selling. Written a long time ago, like seriously written like 1950s, I think. Man, it's so funny you should say that, uh, Sam, because you know who I started kind of re-listening to on my Audible is, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's going to make me sound like such a motivational speaker nerd, but I started listening to a collection by Zig Ziglar. I love Zig Ziglar. He's my favorite <laughs> ever. He's the corniest, goofiest dude, but he's the best. He's For the sure. Best. Awesome. Jason, thanks so much. Um, really quick, uh, what's your website, social media? Where do buyers find you if they need a loan? And um, yeah, how do we find you online? You can find me everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn. I am Jason Allen are my uh, handles on all those platforms. My website's calljasonnow.com and my phone number is 801-809-5626, which incidentally spells, uh, where is it? 809-LOAN. Nice. 809 loan. Talking about, 809 loan. Talking about cheesy. <laughs> nice. I like, hey, you got to make it easy for people, right? So, 